This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here with you for the next hour, talking about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning, fellas. How are we? Good morning. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A little chilly, uh, a little brisk out this morning, but not not too bad. Crystal clear. Very clear. 39-ish in Poway. And no frost on my potatoes, so I was okay. Oh, well, that's good. That's, that's, you that's don't my, want to have frost on your potatoes. You do not want frost on your potatoes. That is correct. Speaking of which, we still have quite a few potatoes in stock. Not that many. Oh, did, did it thin out a little bit? Yeah. yeah, but we're still waiting for more for the February batch. Oh, I thought that was the February no, batch that's no. on the shelf. No, that was the January batch. Oh, okay. And the January batch is almost gone, but the February batch has not yet arrived. Well, let's hope that it'll get here fairly soon. Otherwise, it won't be the February batch. It seems to me it was late February. It was late, yeah. When they finally arrived, and the same pattern is developing again. So we we shall see. We're at their mercy, so we'll get them when we get them. But the supplier seemed a little less optimistic that they would be here sooner than later. Yes, yes. So. Yes, with last year, with everything that happened last year, we should expect that. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking it was was too late. Yeah, I agree. We put in the potatoes. It was George's fault that I planted potatoes last year, and there was still plenty of time. So even though it was late, they weren't. Well, yeah. So do not despair. There's plenty of other things to worry about that you don't have to. Now, are those... Those potatoes aren't coming from Arkansas, are they? No. Okay. No. When do we have any idea when the stuff from Arkansas is going to be here? Well, since you asked, the stuff from Arkansas has arrived. Oh. But we did not hear from the ag department. So oh, so it hasn't been cleared so yet. So basically, it's not here yet. Okay. Well, you know, as a refresher, though, when you say the stuff from Arkansas or Arkansas, what what are people? What what do you what is it? What can people expect from Arkansas? We can expect you see. 157. 157 asparagus crowns that are one year old. We can expect two new blackberries that should do well in our area that we have not seen before. We should expect some seascape strawberries, some bare root, himrod, and concord grapes. I, I was trying a smattering of things. I wanted the asparagus. Right. Yeah. But so you, you have to make an order. No, but I just, well, and then the blackberries were there, which we didn't have access to from any right. of our other suppliers. So threw in some of those. And then, well, let's see what the strawberries look like and all the other things so that if it's nice and up to standards, then we can get it for next year. Yeah, we'll order early. But they're not here yet, so we're not talking about them because they have not yet been released by the Ag Department. But that can happen soon since they're listening right now. They Mm. they probably are 
Yes, they are. <laughs> and taking records. Um, so hopefully they'll be released on Monday in time to send some of them to you guys. We'll, we'll see. And we have had some people asking for the UC asparagus. A lot. A lot of folks, <clears throat> yeah. And it's it stands out because it's fungal Product- resistant? It's, it's more disease resistant. Disease resistant. And productive. In wide swaths of the country, so that's why people clamor for. Well, it. and I, and I know we've had it. We've had we've had one fifty seven, and we've had seventy two seventy two yeah. in the past. So, uh, so that'll be good. So I would I, so I would imagine that we'll get ag department clearance on it. Yeah, it, Friday is a difficult er, day to do early it. in the week. So I, I would imagine it'll be Monday. You guys have been in this business for a very long time. It, do, do the asparagus growers just they don't have any imagination for names? Well, oh, well, there's Mary Washington. Yes, but, but why? Why are those? You know, why are there some numbered variety? I mean, remember, remember the Royal Crimson Cherry well, what when it the, first came out was six GM twenty five. Yeah, what are the now first it's got two, a name? What are the first two letters of the of the asparagus were ref, to which we you are see. referring? Right. Well, that. Yeah. Probably explains it for you. Okay. It explains it to me. <laughs> you see, did it? I see. It's our number one fifty-seven, yeah. which is not to be confused with Heinz, and their number fifty-seven. Totally different. Completely. completely. And only you would go there. <laughs> also, completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of completely different, here's David. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, one thing that I don't think people realize with asparagus is to to grow it properly. You have to plant it deep. What do they recommend? Is it like a foot? Foot, yeah. Well, that's what you start in a trench that's a foot deep. You yeah, don't, right. But you don't bury it, and right. then yeah, as, as it, it grows, grows, you fill you, it you, in, right. kind of yes. like potatoes. Potatoes, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is people don't realize that it's productive for years. Yeah, it's not something. It's not not an annual or a couple year. It's you can get fifteen years on a good bed. Yeah, but it, you're not supposed to harvest until is it is it two to th- three two years. to three years right. before you can you're supposed to harvest it. When I was a young paper route writer, I'd finish my paper route and I'd come up a, I'd come past a swampy area on my way back home, a kind of the drainage area for the for the neighborhood. You sure it wasn't just a cesspool? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, it, it is now. Um, no, actually, they've provided real drainage for it. But there was asparagus planted in this field, not a lot of it, but it was off to the edges of it and. and Nobody took care of that area, and I would harvest spears and take them home once in a while. I think we rinsed them before we. I would hope so. <laughs> They're still alive, so it's, everything's good. Oh, uh, Lord. That's what gamma globulin was for in the day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You're shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, experience with that. <clears throat> I used to start siphons in the backyard, and when you have a failed siphoning experience, oh, Dad would bring home some serum globulin A. Did he make you rub it in your hands to get it warm before you injected mm, it? I do not. No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We when we had the weather come through with the hail, <laughs> we're start we're start we're now starting to see hail damage coming into the store. Oh, um, a ton of it. Yep. A lot of it. The the first that I saw was a lady brought in a Brugmansia leaf that looked like it had been shot with a shotgun. <laughs> just little teeny holes. Put all, holes all right over through them. Yeah. I was looking at the the uh, onions in our garden, and all the onions look like, from a distance, look like they're just covered in rust because they're just little dots all over. And you get up close, and you can see it's just hail damage, mechanical damage. Yeah. Our, our Brugmansia in the backyard took a beating. I, I would say probably, probably 50% of it defoliated. You know, it, it just it's, smacked it. It's... 
standard operating procedure for us where we recognize it, we expect it, but it still surprises me how surprised people are right. when we tell them that it's hail damage because yeah, nobody I, thinks hail's going to do that. Yeah, we had the agave. And we, I had to pull a couple of agaves the other day, and it was, or yesterday, as a matter of fact, and they were completely pitted, you know, pitted. Pitted yeah. all through the leaves? Yeah. And if you look at them and you look down upon the whatever the plant is, you'll frequently see totally healthy areas where they Correct. were shadowed or shaded by the the, uh, the, the leaves, leaves or the leaves whatever. Them right. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think I, I think people don't realize it just because it's such a rare event. I mean, we, it doesn't happen. It, it does often. not happen. Well, typically, hail doesn't happen very often around right. here. I'd say maybe every well, couple of years, but. This was a it was yeah, a significant good. event though. Yeah, it, that it, was, was, there was a lot of that hail. Was a lot it of hail. lasted for a day and a half in the neighborhood. It looked like it had snowed. And it was it was pretty good size. It was it, it was, it was yeah. at least eighth of it. Well, in Scripps Ranch where where I live, it was at least eighth of an inch. Yeah, I my onions are white from a, from across the yard. They it's pitted the green and now right. it's kind of a white color and the the peas got damaged too. It's yeah. it's surprising yeah. how much they can do. Well, the good news is. Most stuff will bounce back fairly quickly when the weather warms up and get some, put some fertilizer on them. Uh, and it's, still, will, I mean, they're, they're all edible. I, I, I harvested a bunch of spinach and Swiss chard and, and, and broccoli and put it in a soup and it was, couldn't tell that it, Even, it, it couldn't tell it had hail damage. Are you sure? Right. Did you? It tasted just as good. Oh, good, 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 good. Reinspection and it was fine after. It was the, fine. Good. And then I think you said that they are upping the. Andrew. Chance of upping the chance of rain next week. They're talking about the models coming into greater agreement to to bring a wetter solution to Southern California, but we'll have to stay tuned and see if the. And I think that's Wednesday, isn't it? It's yeah. It's supposed to become moist later in the week. A warm, moist flow aloft coming in from the south, and that even if we don't get rain, we should get light rain and drizzle um, coming out of the clouds, regardless, because it's going to be a moist environment. And then in central and northern California, where we want them to have a ton of rain, get the snowpack built back up. I thought they're, that they're last storm it. did build the snowpack it did. back up. I think I heard they're in the 90, 90th percentile of, of average uh, so for this two, time of two, year. Two thoughts here. One, David enjoys the weather or he doesn't have much of a life. Because he, you just sit could, and could, listen. Could, <laughs> you know, a friend of mine Bull. would say, Por que no los dos? Why can't both be true? No. Too much detail in that weather. That I, I can't have no life and be oh, interested those, in weather. Those things, yeah, exactly. That's why you are. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's all. Those I, are true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, what else do we have to talk about? You well, know, we were going to last week. We were going to talk about the. I don't think we touched on it. We were going to talk about the citrus quarantine. We should. Which but is still in effect. One last thing with the weather. It's still plenty moist out there in the soil. We need not water. No, right. I haven't. Correct. My my sprinklers are off. Okay. I haven't. Probably another two to four weeks, and especially would, if we get some more overcast. Now would, you may. I would think so. Now you may. Uh, Although I may have to, I may have to give my uh, proteas a little bit of extra water since they're in containers. Oh yes. yeah. yeah. Well, anything so, in containers. Yeah, yeah. yeah contain, <laughs> containers are still going to need to water. It's the just the stuff that's in, it's your, your landscaping that's in the ground that you 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 don't have to have your sprinklers on at this at this point in time for the mo- for the most part. Agreed. Correct. Yeah. You haven't said agreed, George. I, I did before that. Oh, okay, thank you. I think we'll have to run the tape. <laughs> have to circle back on that? We'll cir- I'll circle back on that. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> anyway, uh, the citrus quarantine, which is still in effect throughout 
probably what about two thirds of the state, about from about Sacramento south. I think even yes, I think it's yeah. hit hit around the Bay Area, which I guess Sacramento would be kind of inland Bay Area. Yeah, uh, Delta. Um, but you're not supposed to transport not supposed to transport untreated citrus through. Well, I guess you could transport it within the quarantine area, but you can't transport it outside of the quarantine right. area. And each quarantine, which I didn't realize, there are different quarantine areas. The state's divided into four four zones. I think so. And, yeah. and it's like supposed that. to stay within your individual in your quarantine zone. Yeah. zone. yeah. And, but that, that zone is the nursery stock zone. They're, but they have another, I think there's eight zones for production, for actual citrus. For actual, for the right. fruit. For the, for the fruit itself. Those are in different zones. Right. And I guess we should talk briefly about, this is the Asian citrus psyllid, which is a pest that is now been found throughout the state started in southern san diego county down in san ysidro or otai area wasn't it oh what 10 years ago and they tried to prevent the spread of the bug which by itself is not a problem but the bug is what spreads hlb huang lung bing the citrus greening disease which is a problem because there is no cure for it and it is ultimately fatal for the trees it decimated the citrus crop in florida and texas and and Soon, coming to a farm. well, they have they have detected it in in a, in a couple of places in up in up around L.A. I think yes, it is. the disease itself, so, the disease right. itself. I've yeah. had so. the psyllid on one of my lime trees in in Rancho Penasquitos and, and called the ag department, just let them know it was there, and you know they 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 were not overly concerned because there's no disease this far south at the time. However, yeah. however, <laughs> comma, right. yeah, um, they found the disease in a couple of. Bugs in Fallbrook, early just after yeah, the first did. of the year. Yeah, they but they but they didn't find it in they didn't detect it in the in any of the trees yet. Have, have not tested positive yet is what I've heard. I thought yeah. we would know by if now, you if not. they if they do test positive for it. Wow, what is it a is it it's a, a thousand three, feet? Well, I think it's they did they remove the trees within a thousand feet. They establish a three or five mile quarantine zone around it. Um, to prevent movement of any citrus from that area. But before we go down any more depressing citrus stories, let's talk about the potential cure that they are testing now or working on from the finger lime. The Australian finger lime We're gonna, may, may bring hope. Well, we can talk a little bit more about that. We need to take a break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. Me, I didn't look the same, but it 
And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We were talking about citrus greening disease and the hope that is on the horizon for it, um, thanks to the uh, an odd an odd factor, the uh, Australian finger lime, or the uh, is they, what, what do they call it? The, is it caviar lime? Yes, yeah. right. Which is kind of a, it's a cool plant. It's a neat looking plant and, and a brilliant researcher and. I, and thorny. It's very thorny. But, <laughs> but the, the the fruit's really unusual. It is. Uh, but it's actually quite tasty. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Little bursts of lime. Do you have one? I do. As, it's a pretty tree. It's, and it's very productive. It's productive. It's a, it's a darker green, I think, than most of the other citrus. I like it. It's a good-looking plant. Yeah, it's a, it's it's naturally, naturally a nice-looking plant. I saw on, uh, it might have been an ad on Facebook that somebody was selling caviar limes and... They were selling. They were a buck a piece. It was fifty bucks for a bag of fifty. Ooh, so you could pretty much pay for. Was anybody buying them? Because <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't. I'm going um, into business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that thing is productive. You could pre- you could pretty much for for that kind of money. Little more than the tree will more than pay for itself in the first season. So they if they produce people will pay that for it. Correct. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. What the market will bear. That is <laughs> bear. Get it. <laughs> So anyway, um, how is the uh, how is the finger lime going to save everything else? That's an excellent question, Mr. Anderson. Um, there's a protein in it, right? The, right. The, the University of um, California at Riverside has de- and a brilliant researcher who yeah, found, found it. There's and- a protein within the plant, and in controlled settings, they have sprayed uh, trees again in controlled settings, and it has killed the disease, the HLB disease. That's awesome. Yeah, because I. My my citrus is in such it's in perfect production now, and I get tons of citrus, and I always have citrus, and I figured now is the time when it's going to spread yeah. into my yard and croak <laughs> all my <laughs> citrus. Or a neighbors, and they're going to quarantine and rip out your trees. Like, the gosh. other thing that they were working on when this when this really kicked off in California was that they were trying to uh, genetically modify oranges to um, make them immune to the disease. I haven't heard anything about it. Recently, but I think it was back in Florida where they were really pushing it because the, the citrus industry was just decimated by this whole thing uh, in Florida before it got out here. Yeah, I'm in so- 1998 is when it was first found in Florida. Wow, I didn't realize it's it was been that a long while. Ago. Um, that was the year we opened the nursery in Poway. Yes, it was June, June of '98. We're going to go to the phones if you want to. If you want to give us a call, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. We're going to go talk to. Donna out in Lemon Grove. Good morning, Donna. How are you? Oh, good morning. I really enjoy your program, and I like to listen to your jibber-jabber. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate you getting up early. <laughs> I, I just have a, a question. on. I've got a, a small backyard, and I've got a reed avocado tree and an apricot tree, and I want to – is it too late, or is it okay? Just I just want to top it off, kind of keep it keep it low. The reed, the apricot, or both? Both. I. It's not too late. I would be careful. The, the apricot, have at it. Do whatever you want to it. That's going to be fine. The oh, okay. reed avocado, I'd be a little more careful and try and protect interior branches from a lot of sun exposure. Or if you do cut it and open it up, then I'd whitewash the exposed areas with a white water-based paint to protect it from the sun. Okay. 
Is that just just the bottom of the the trunk or just the? No, where, where you open up the tree, up where you cut, oh. where you cut. Any, any newly exposed oh, okay. branching. Okay. Thank and, you. I, really... I I did that with actually a reed avocado last year because it was leaning over my neighbor's fence, and I wanted to be a good neighbor. And you just it, didn't want them to get out. Say, or or you were selfish. Exactly. Go either way. <laughs> I know they're delicious avocados. They really are. No, a portion of his fuerte is on my side, and a portion of my Haas is on his side, and the reeds in the middle. And it's all good. I just didn't want too much going over there. But it, it didn't didn't hurt it. And oh, I that's did. Good. I, I chopped the top off of it. And did that's not. what that's what I want to do because it's really growing up high. I, I go ahead and do it and just whitewash up up high, up where you expose okay. the, the new areas to sun. And that's just a water-based white paint? A latex, right. You can uh, mix it, dilute it 50% with water. Okay, latex white paint. Yep. yep, that should do it. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a great Have weekend. Have a great week. Now, uh-huh. at the risk of sounding ignorant, is latex water-based or do you have oil-based latex paints? Is that redundant? And I, I'm, I really yeah, no, don't I, know. I, I, I think it, I, I honestly don't know either. Okay. Just I know that whenever I read about, not read avocado, but when I read about <laughs> the, uh, in the UC about painting, it says use a water-based latex paint. Okay. At least that's what I think it said. I think we actually have a whitewash at we do. the nursery. I, well, we, I can we use. did. One we day. did. We have so a brown one do, now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we do. And actually, if she's going to cut it back, now is probably perfect a, time to do it. Better, yeah. better do it now. Before it gets then, hot, yeah. Then the weather and it'll really also, heats up. It's going to put out new growth soon, yeah, so it will yeah. cover up the damage more yeah. quickly as well. That is true. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're heading out to La Mesa, where Norman is. Good morning, Norman. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm glad you're talking about citrus this morning. I've got a, uh, it's about a 60-year-old navel orange in our backyard out here in La Mesa, because uh, I've been in the house 50 years, and it was already here when we moved in. But and it's prolific this year. It's really got a lot of oranges on, but they're not sweet. I keep leaving them on there, hoping they'll get sweet. If I leave them on a little longer, but they they don't seem to be getting any sweet. Is it something I'm doing wrong with it? I say be patient. When uh, <laughs> well, they are starting to fall a little bit. There's, okay. Well, we've had quite a bit of wind, which will blow some off. Some say that copper will help to sweeten the fruit. And I had a chemist explain to me how copper will not sweeten the fruit, but whatever it does in the fruit makes it taste sweeter. But it doesn't actually sweeten the fruit. But I guess the result mm. would, the be, result the would be the same. So the citrus growers blend has copper in it, and you can spray it on the foliage to help. Uh, it'll go straight into the tree through the foliage. It'll be foliarly absorbed, and that should help. But when I was growing up, we'd taste a... The, the oranging, the coloration of the fruit and the ripening of the fruit are related but separate processes. So the fruit can look ripe before it is. And we'd pick and eat, and if it wasn't ready, you'd wait. we'd wait. wait a few days. But the other op- another thing you can do is pick and wait a week or two before eating it because the acids begin to break down when it comes off the tree. So that'll make it taste sweeter, too, because there'll be less acid Oh, in it. I didn't think oranges sweeten after they're picked you know i didn't think they were like uh, peaches or give, give that but... a try but also just be patient 
I heard that we didn't have cold enough weather. It takes a frost to almost make them sweet. Well, they need more warmth usually to sweeten up, and we've had we've had good chill hours this year. We've had a we good have, yeah. winter chill this year um, at most of the sta- the field stations where they they monitor that. So hmm. I would just be, be patient on it, even though be they look ready. And, uh, yes, sir. And I I have to admit I don't fertilize it a lot, so. Uh, I was thinking maybe that's part of the problem. That might ha- that might be a contributing factor to it. You know, I, ideally, I would say you'd probably want to feed citrus about three times a year. Uh, usually oh, yeah. Start, yeah. usually starting in late February, early March, uh, up until about October or so. It used to have a grass lawn underneath it, but now it's mostly this. It's like needlepoint ivory, ivy. And I thought, well, it's taking the nourishment away from it. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That would that you may want to feed it a little more frequently if you have if there's something growing underneath of it because that 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 will take it uh, that will take yeah, that will take up a much a much a lot of the nutrients competing. before it gets in yeah I, I guess I'd better give it a little more love well <laughs> 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 okay well thanks for your help anytime have a great weekend yeah. thanks for listening yeah, do the same okay right. take care if you want to give us a call eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. I was going to say, Lauren Ancaro. Now, you did stuff with him, right? Yes. Ago. He, he did a whole show on citrus sweetening and, and had a formulation with regard to using copper and a couple other things to help. And, and so that citrus blend that we sell mm-hmm. does have all those ingredients. At least I think it's the same ingredients in it. Nitrogen, some iron, boron, copper, and, and a couple yeah, other things. Yeah, it's, tra- it's, it's mostly, right, tra- trace, mostly trace elements. Yes. But, but it also it looks like tang. I mean, yeah. you remember Tang? So you open up the top, it look, you mix it up, and you can spray that all over the foliage of the trees and, and get those nutrients directly, directly into the plant more quickly than you would if you fed it through the roots. Who are you calling a boron? <laughs> but you still need to you still need to. Fer- oh, it still needs the other still stuff. The other yeah, these are all trace minerals, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're heavy feeders. I mean, they need, they need a lot of nitrogen. Yes, they do. And if you want to do the trace minerals once or twice a year, that should be more than adequate. That's what we've... That's what we've I at least I've always recommended is a couple of times a year. And Richard too. When he yeah, I, I've it. done that on on the. In fact, it was that citrus that had the uh, uh, Asian uh, citrus psyllid so, on it. The tree never looked good, and I thought I was. I thought it actually had the greening disease. All the leaves were veining, and I so I gave it some extra uh, trace minerals, and finally started growing properly. I, I do have up. a jar of citrus growers blend on the shelf in my, in the garage. <laughs> Show it to your trees once in a while. I do. I do. Look. Next to all Chuck was saying things. that that Chuck was telling me the other day that that's One start, starting to, it's starting to get hard to find, along with a yeah. along with a lot of other stuff. Oh, uh, we're still hearing about supply problems with containers, correct? The plastic bottles and yeah, jars and lids. That's where issues been. Yeah, they don't have the containers to put the products in. They have the products, but just they just don't have the the vessels to, yes. to hold it. Well, Growmore was out of the. Six thirty thirty for a a long time. Yeah, but I saw it's. It, we have the big one on the shelf now. The small one's not available. Yeah, so that might be a. Container I know we issue. got a huge order of grow more stuff in. I'm not sure what exactly, but finally, it's been months and months. And I we think finally got it in. Lids was a was yeah. a problem as lids well that you couldn't get lids. You have the strange, container, but not the top. <laughs> strange times. If yeah. you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. You're listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break for some news, and we'll be back with more right after this.
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it And we're back. More Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, you want to address I'd, no news real quickly so that we can go forth beyond it? What? There's no news? At the bottom of the hour. Uh, apparently not. I think I think that's a carryover from the old station. It is. So, uh, so we won't say that anymore, maybe. <laughs> if you want to give us... If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to head out to El Cajon where Gavin is waiting. Good morning, Gavin. How are you? I'm doing okay. Fine. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What can we do for you? Uh, last week, Ted asked a question about his apple tree that he planted with his daughter. I don't know if you remember that call. Maybe it was a yes. seedling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, the question I had in relation to his uh, inquiry there was, uh, is there any place an individual can acquire a cutting, you know, professionally, uh, a cutting that would uh, uh, he could uh, graft into his tree to uh, ensure that he would get a, a tree that's bearing apples? Absolutely. Any of the, we're, we're, anybody who has a productive apple can give you a piece of it as long as... Well, it, it's not a patented variety, but... A lot of these are older, older varieties. And we have some non-patented varieties at the nursery that we trim when we, the bare roots that come in. Right. And, and that, those scions would be, that, that would, would be available. Yeah, that's all, it, you, it, that, it, that's it, all you need. Yeah, just, right. it's just a, a known variety that you want to grow. So if your neighbor has a, a Dorset, well, is Dorset? Yeah, Dorset's an older it's, variety. It's Dorset old. or an Anna or a Fuji, and that's what you want to grow, you ask them for a cutting. That's it. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I just did. I, I his his uh, the recommendation was to look around in his neighborhood, and he said he could become a, a ninja for you know acquiring a cutting. But I, <laughs> I just didn't hear any any discussion of a professional source where you would uh, you go to to get something. You know that that's interesting. I know that there are you can go online. There are a lot of um, exchanges for scion wood uh, in San Diego. The uh, California Rare Fruit Growers does it for things like avocados and, and uh, other things. So you might find a source online if you're looking for a particular variety. But there, there's usually uh, all kinds of exchanges. Uh, Facebook has a San Diego Backyard Gardeners or Backyard Growers uh, page, and those guys, if you put something on there, I'm sure there's somebody to be willing to give you a cutting of whatever you're looking for. Okay, one, one follow-up on, on your previous thread there on uh, minerals. I read a story a long time ago about a plum tree and a guy with uh, boron trying to fix it. Uh, is there something that uh, would go with an apple tree, excuse me, you know, that you should put on there to help the soil? Well, all plants need the trace minerals, and they generally need them in trace amounts. But And, and most of those are available in the soil. But once in a while you have deficiencies, and then these trace mineral subs, uh, sub products 
trace mineral products, um, (laughs) supply them. So you could use the same trace mineral product, the citrus growers blend, for your apple if it was showing signs of it. And usually mineral deficiencies show up in the the leaves of plants. And and, and apples typically just have a – it's zinc is the biggest trace mineral deficiency in apple trees. Is it? I was not aware of that. Okay. And if, if you use so a product, can... if you use a product like Grow Power, it has the, uh, a great many of the trace minerals in it to begin with. Most of the good, most of the good uh, yeah. fertilizers. fertilizers will right. have some of the. They'll have some of the trace elements Correct. in them. But uh, I know for a fact that the citrus and avocado food from Grow Power does not have copper in it. No, no, no. there's no. which really surprised me. Fertilizers oh. that have copper in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But okay. m- many of the cheaper. Le- many of the less well, no, many of the cheaper fertilizers do not have trace minerals in them, and Correct. that's one of the reasons they're cheaper fertilizers. Yeah. But um, what I like to use is the Grow Power soil conditioner, which is five percent kelp, and it doesn't break down all the minerals. But kelp is super high in in minerals, and it's, so it, it's a great way to put minerals into your soil. And okay. I think that's part okay. of the benefit, the beauty, and the the problem with grow power is it's humic acid based and those things are in there but they're not part of the guaranteed analysis yeah. they're not going to claim it all but the, the kelp usually takes care of what you need okay well, thank you very much okay thank you gavin have a great weekend yep. thanks okay i was going to ask him Take how care. the recall thing was going but it didn't sound like <laughs> the right voice yes i was going to make that joke too you know what the you know what else they used to get out of kelp um Captain Sticky's product. Yeah, yes. No, I was going to say gunpowder. No, I did not know that. You did not know? Down in Chula Vista, where the Nature Center is? Yes. It's on Gunpowder Point. And that's for where they produced, they produced um, nitrates for gunpowder during World War I there. I As a matter of fact, part, parts of the factory are still there. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big, it was big business for a while. I thought gunpowder came from that episode of Star Trek and you had a little bit of Oh, where he goes and mixes all the stuff and sticks it in a piece of bamboo? Yes. Yes, out in the desert. (laughs) There's always bamboo combs in the desert for you. A six-inch diameter one. (laughs) Was that Uh, a gorn? Isn't that that what the the the, monster was? The The alien. The alien. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Please continue. Anyway, uh, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. The other thing that they make out of kelp is... Agar, yeah, for um, well, scientific right. purposes and, and and in Southeast Asia, it's a well, it's also it's like a, a lot of products. I mean, yeah. it's an ice it's cream. It's in our ice. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I remember when um, American kelp used to be in the Mission Brewery building on Washington Street, and it just reeked when you drove by there where they were processing the uh, processing the kelp. And I, I don't know. I don't even know if they process kelp. In, in San Diego anymore. You used to see the kelp cutters moving in and out yeah, of the you bay. Yeah, see them up and down the coast, right out yeah. the side. Yeah, but no I, idea. I haven't seen yeah. a kelp. I can't remember the last time I saw a kelp cutter. Is it Kelco? Kelco. Kelco was. Yeah. And are they company. gone? I, yeah, I well, they're not in Mission Brewery Building yeah. anymore. They used I know to be, that. Uh, I think over in Kearney Mesa, and like, but I don't. I don't remember seeing. Them. I know there's a building somewhere I used to drive by with Kelco. Okay, you guys keep talking, and I'm gonna. And, well, and George, it, it, you usually research. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, but that's not a plant thing. So, you know, kelp well, isn't a plant it. thing? No, no plant, the kelp is, but the, what companies go out of business. Yeah. But I was going to say back to, <laughs> about to um, the apples, and we were talking about nitrogen. And, and as a general rule with a lot of palm fruit, the, um, 
excess nitrogen can actually cause softer and, and poor quality fruit. Really? Too much nitrogen. Interesting. And by palm fruit, you're referring uh, to... Uh, apples and yeah, pears. Yeah, apples, pears. You know, palm. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't want people to mistake it, it for palm. Palm, P, yeah. P-A-L, yeah, no, yeah, yeah P-O-M-E. Correct. Yeah. Home. Um, speaking of fruit trees, uh, the season is winding down. Very, very quickly. quickly. Yes. Very quickly. If you go out to the bare root section in... Uh, in Poway right now, it looks like there's a lot of trees, but actually there's not that many trees. We, it's just, it looks like there's a lot of trees just because we've condensed things down. We've, so, yeah, we've, we've gotten rid of eight of those big wooden containers that are no longer full of fruit trees. I think more trees than we've ever had before come and go. In they, this, in this more, period of time. More yep. quickly, yes. And I think, I think this year we have probably sold more persimmons than we have ever sold in our history, I, I, I don't know what it is that people are going. Well, they're so, delicious. Well, they're, I, I won't argue that, but I, why now? I mean, why are, why are people jumping on the persimmon? If not now, now, when? But it, it, all of our bare root ones are gone. They're gone, and they the, disappeared quickly. But And we had, what, seven varieties of persimmon? Like, not a lot of depth other than the food right, use, yeah. but uh, yes. But we came across... An availability that had an extra 100 plus 15-gallon or the 10-gallons from Monrovia, which are nicely rooted and branched Fuyu persimmons. Yeah. And they're holding on to them for us. So we have we should both have stores have them. the season, yeah. yeah. Actually, all of, them, all of the Monrovia, 10, are they 10 or 15? They're 10, 10 gallons, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're that weird it's shape. A weird, size, it's, a weird, yeah. it's a weird size, but they are like everything that Monrovia grows, really, really nice fruit trees. Doesn't matter what variety of fruit tree it is. We, if you, they're if well you can branched get, and well if you can developed. Get it, if you can get it from, get it from Monrovia, get one of those one from Monrovia, you're going to have a really nice tree. Right. Really, really good looking tree. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, later in this sounds like we're taking a break, doesn't it? It does sound like we're taking a break. (laughs) You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KPRZ and KCBQ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We were talking about bare root fruit trees, and uh, as the season starts winding down, we start canning up um, backstock that we have, things that do, we that we didn't sell through. Well, actually... Uh, there's trees we brought in specifically and we for do, that, yes, but we, most of them went out bare root. Yeah, um, and it'll get to the point where 
even the bare root stock that we have on the on the floor will be removed and but it got it, some of it's already blooming yeah uh, a lot uh, of the peaches and, and apples yeah. are yeah so that stuff will be that stuff will be taken off the floor shortly and canned up and then it'll be available for sale later in the springtime a few months down the road one of our suppliers had a bunch of fruit trees available uh, potted which i thought great we haven't been able to get them but it turns out they were freshly potted this year so they're not rooted in they're it doesn't not do anybody any any favors so but at least we have them for later yes no we're i mean in. the buying them in i thought they were ready to sell now but yeah. the growers had just potted them as well right. so, so there's yeah. no different than those that we're going to pot up right right but we'll still have a good supply absolutely when it's when it's time to we go. will have a good supply and one thing that we don't have a good supply on right now which which amazed me because I, I hadn't been out in that section for a, a little while but at one time, we had a ridiculous amount of avocados in stock, yeah. and I was out there just just this week, and I was walking around I'm like, "Man, they're gone! What happened to all the avocados? There, there's hardly there's there's still a there's still a fairly good selection. It's just not a deep selection. Plants Stafford. are on the small side, um, but I, you were showing me the our main suppliers availability list, and it's pushed away there's blank. nothing there. it's just blank and uh the same thing for citrus too so we're we're, we're, prob- we're getting what we can when we can yeah so, in, in, in poway david orders those so often when a customer asks for a particular you know variety of avocado or citrus i'll ask david you know, hey are you, what's the availability on x and he'll look at me and just he used to say oh i i'll have those next thursday or, or two weeks we'll be getting them right now he just shakes his head he goes i have no idea yeah are you gonna <laughs> ask me that again i don't know i have no idea <laughs> it is a crap well and then i i forwarded you that email with that list of citrus that the person wanted and had, there was probably what 10 or 12 different things on there we had two two three 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 three, three, three things yeah so but you it's, wanted it's to not that we're not gallon. trying yeah. yeah well the the demand has been incredible right. and supply has been dwindling because of the bug we were talking about at the beginning. We're having fewer people that are interested in growing, growing citrus, citrus and yeah. jumping through the hoops to produce citrus. And the demand is greater than it's ever been. And mm. the only thing that hasn't happened with that, which is lucky given market principles, is the prices haven't skyrocketed. No, they have but not. Demand is high bit, and supply much, is, yeah. is low. Yeah. Uh, um, although in other, in other areas, as plants are coming as we're getting plants in and restocking there are there are some things where prices are skyrocketing i mean huge jumps in in cost well so and you look at what's happening production wise in the state and all of the costs in producing something are going up dramatically it it has to happen yeah the uh well i would awari satsuma mandarins one Owari is the standard Satsuma, but there's like a dozen different Satsumas out there. But the one we've always carried is Owari. But one company says on their label, Owari, the traditional company says Satsuma. So people are hesitant to buy the Owari, which is what they've always been. That's that's the label they've already always gotten, but they just didn't know it. And we got in some gorgeous ones in, in December, a lot of them, and they're almost all gone now. And hopefully soon we'll, this is another, a different grower, but they haven't told us what we're going to be able to get this year. We booked a bunch of stuff last year, mm-hmm. but they haven't confirmed those bookings yet. Yeah. Another thing about citrus that I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize, um, 
you cannot buy organically grown citrus trees in California right now. Nobody probably, is probably producing. nowhere in the state in the states. I would think for the same reason. Yeah, um, because it, in California, because of the quarantine, transporting any citrus that is transported has to be treated um, with a pesticide that is not an organic pesticide. So, and if you look at if you look at citrus that's for sale in the nurseries and the garden centers, there's going to be a there's going to be a CDFA tag on it that says that it has been that certifies that it has been treated. So now that doesn't mean that you can't get it to an organic condition. It's just going to take a while. And I can't remember what I think it's twelve months or twenty somewhere between twelve and twenty four months to to certify organic. Yeah. After something has been treated or fed. Yeah. Um, and once and once once you get the tree home, if you do want to go the organic route, even as far as the you you don't have to use you don't have to use um, the chemical pesticides. You can use the horticultural oil will take care of most right. most there's, things. There's organic solutions. solutions. There's those organic solutions. Yeah. So it's just to be for it to be considered a certified um, organic tree. Yeah. It's it's going to take for a while. us to carry it and sell it. They have to be treated. It has to every every nursery and garden center. It has to be treated. So Which, for the organic gardeners out there, I think that's that's information that you may not have you may not have been aware of. So, um, what else were we going to talk about? I was going to go somewhere with that, but I have no idea where it was. So I'll just shake my head and jibber jabber oh, for a moment. <laughs> you know what I uh uh customer came in yesterday with an olive branch uh showing they were olive scorch they were trying to to have peace, peace with, you. with you right olive yes. they brought in an olive branch well they were pretty they were they were pretty nice anyway they were peaceful anyway they were peaceful okay. anyway but um but olive scorch uh where branches just start to burn off randomly through the tree um it first started with uh Oleanders was when we when we first started seeing it, and and it's pretty much it's pretty much wiped out oleanders throughout. Well, I know in Poway there used to be a bunch of oleanders on the side of the road uh, in the business park. They're all gone, uh, but the oleander scorch is caused by a bacteria. It's the same bacteria. It's the same bacteria, but a different strain that causes Pierce's disease, which decimated the uh, decimated the vineyards in Temecula at one time and it's and it's um vectored by the same insect the glassy wing sharpshooter but i always thought that that was that that the oleander scorch was the same thing that causes the olive scorch but apparently it's not um the olive scorch apparently is a is a complex fungal disease both of them are fatal to the tree, to the trees, they will eventually, they will eventually um, die. You can slow it down by cutting the sections out, but what it does is it, it clogs up the vascular system of the plant and it just chokes it off. They seem to come back for a while if you cut them down, and they'll send up new growth and and regenerate. But ultimately, it's probably not it's the a best lo- plant. Yeah, it's a losing battle. But you can also see it on. Um, you can also see it on. Liquid ambers. Liquid ambers. Right. Yeah. It pops up on liquid. As a matter of fact, we lost a couple of liquid ambers in Poway because of it. Now, which which one is it that does the liquid ambers? Liquid ambers, I think, is the Zyella. It it's is. The, the, it is. Yeah. And the purple leaf plums, too. Is that 
That's the one that I haven't seen. Sold. I haven't seen it on Purple Leaf Plum. I haven't seen any literature for Purple Leaf Plums. I just thought they were short-lived plants. They are short. They are plants. short-lived. Now there's a there's a I think it's a midge um, that gets on purple that yeah. gets on purple leaf plums. Kind of like it's it's kind of like the pear slug, slug. like pear a pear slug. slug. Yeah, pear slug gets on them and it it can wipe it can. Yeah. It'll defoliate. It'll defoliate them. them. Yeah, it doesn't wipe them out, but it'll yeah. defoliate them. Have you ever tried to approach a glassy wing sharpshooter on a, on a plant and take a picture of it, or just get close to it? Yeah, they it's flip just, around. They, they are the fastest insects, and they and it's like they transport to the other side. I don't know how they get from point A to point yeah, B so rapidly. They are Scotty, fast. Scotty, Scotty beams beam them me over to the other side. It's amazing. <laughs> well, the other the other thing with um, glassy wing sharpshooters is I had them and I had them on a clayera in my yard one time, and the clayera was planted close to our uh, to our patio dining table and in the evening in the sunsets you could sit there and you could see the the, the excrement from the sharpshooters just squirting out of the tree oh, I mean, <laughs> I had lovely, the sun yeah. the sunlight would catch it yeah I, I would see them on on my grapes and I would try to take photographs of them and just yeah they're very unsuccessful they are they're probably one of the fastest in fastest insect on a plant that i have yeah, ever seen. seen anything like that well also what they're doing is not trying to to run away they're just, they're just just moving around the corner real quick so they're out of sight very quickly by rotating around the stem very quickly yeah they're, they're shy they're timid yeah is that what it is they're tighter paparazzi they just... yeah. when, um, when i park in the summer at, at the nursery in poway i park under the liquid or jet Tipawana trees, okay. and there's a bug that gets on those, and so the excrement, as you are, drops all over you, drops all over the car, sticks to the windows. It's very nice. That's lovely. <laughs> you started it. <laughs> um, I remember the other, you know, another bug that does that is a spittle bug, Oosh. and I remember we had one. We had a we had a big rosemary. Uh, no, well, ro- ro- I, ro- I've had it. In, I've had it in yeah. my rosemary at home, but we had a big uh, strawberry guava at our house on Galveston Street, and I remember you, we'd be out in the backyard playing. It was. It would almost rain on you. What, yeah. What is characteristic of a spittlebug? Just for those who, um, it's a it's an insect that secretes a liquid that foams. So you see these little foamy balls, little foamy balls on your. Uh, plants and um it's relatively easy to control as a matter of fact just hosing it off in some cases is enough it just looks like balls of spit Spit, yeah yeah. i guess that's a good name for it it is it works well yeah it does work well you've been listening to garden talk here on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with david ross mark mahady and george allman we'll be back next week with another with another hour of garden talk have a great weekend everybody Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.